You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Do you see what I did there? Oh, did you see what I did there? I, I literally saw it and heard it, uh, which is a reminder that you should subscribe on YouTube or follow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, yeah, what, woo is going to be uh, that'll be a fun Sunday if uh, if you do have to woo. It'd be it'd be a good one. Nothing better than a season sweep of the Pittsburgh Steelers, winning three in a row against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All things that would be very fun. We'll get James Rapine's prediction. And he's going to chat with Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers for a couple segments. We'll go over some matchups with Chris as we prepare for Steelers Week Part 2. But first, James, I think we have a couple of, of orders of business to talk about. And the first was news yesterday from Evan McPherson, who has officially made his preference known that his nickname henceforth shall be Money Mac. And apparently... Listening to his answer about this question, people kept yelling it to him, like when he's crossing the street for practice, hey, Money Mac. And it just, according to him, he likes the ring of it, and and it stuck. So I, I think you deserve at least, at the very least, some partial credit for this latching on and, and taking hold and working its way to the man himself. Yeah, I'm going to take all the credit. Now, I, now people <laughs> might not want to give me all the credit, and that's fine. But I'm going to take every damn bit of credit because nobody else was calling him money nothing. All right. Nobody. And after training camp practices, after watching this, it might have been OTAs, not even training camp. Guess what? I was like, man, my dude is money. And so whether it's money Mick, money Mac, money McPherson, and that's kind of what I defaulted to uh, was money McPherson. Um, But no, that's fine. You know, if it's money Mac, that's fine. His name isn't Mac. So that part is a little confusing. But you know what? it's it is what it is because the money part is money and there's a reason i always tweet money when he's money uh with that leg of his so whatever the case is i'm taking credit and that's uh that's that so everybody there were so many people that were like oh i bet james is big mad right now why the hell would i be big mad he didn't go by evan the leg or all the the crappy nicknames y'all came out with he went with money baby i'm taking this dub people thought i would be upset I don't care. I'm going to continue to call him Evan McPherson. And here's the thing. I think you're the only person who tried to nickname him and that, and and it won by default. Like people listen to us. People listen to us that stand outside of Paul Brown stadium when the players cross the street to practice. And they're like, Oh, you know what? James called him money. Mick. I'm going to call him money Mac and yell it real loud. And, And that's the only one he's heard. Because because didn't we hear that like they were calling him Mister Automatic in the locker room a few weeks ago? They they did after I think it was after week one. You know, uh, a couple one? players okay. called him that, and then uh, you know, uh, was it Kick Fearson was certainly mm-hmm. something that uh, yeah. that came. So there's a couple, uh, but no, I don't think it was just me. Yeah, because I know Dan Horde talked to talked to multiple players. I think and certainly Evan about nicknames and. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's come up. Why? Because when you're that damn good, you get a nickname, and he has been that damn good. It's just he's got a Bengals. He's made the most fifty yard field goals uh, in one season in Bengals history. The dude's a rookie. I drop the mic. 
Yeah, we should probably talk about things besides the kicker. I, I know we have a whole two segments here dedicated to the Steelers and the Bengals right matchup coming up. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about before we talk about this game, Joey B said we don't talk about Stanley Morgan Jr. enough, which is ridiculous for anybody that's been listening to this podcast for a long time. You all know how much I love Stanley Morgan Jr. Special teams ace, how when we were doing our roster projections for the last like three years, at least two years, I'm like, yeah, man, Stanley Morgan Jr. He's going to make this team because of special teams. And I don't know if he did actually make the initial 53 this year, but he said yeah. that he's everybody yeah. on the team's favorite player on the team. So a uh, little shout out for Stanley Morgan from Joey B and from the Lockdown you Bengals know what's podcast. A, you know what's a bummer? It's clearly Joe, like you said, he, he doesn't listen to Lockdown Bengals. So we're going to have to change that. We're going to have to change that a little bit. And, and just, meanwhile, my guy, Evan McPherson, probably does. <laughs> just that. You think about the amount of time those two guys might have or or want to dedicate to social media. I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess kickers want to stay off social media pretty often too, but when you're as confident and as skilled as Evan McPherson, maybe it's not such a treacherous place to be. Uh, Bengals Steelers, James. I know you talked to Chris about the, the Bengals defense and how the Bengals are going to want to attack the Steelers. And you talked about Deontay Johnson, as did the Bengals today. To me, the biggest thing about this game, just to hit a quick key here before we get out of here for the holiday and have a long weekend because as a reminder, if you listened yesterday, you already know this, but we're only on four episodes this week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody that celebrates. Uh, but a, a couple quick keys of the game. And the first one is we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The return of TJ Watt is, is absolutely massive. And, and I don't think his impact on the Steelers defense can really be overstated. Just their, their splits with and without him when he's not there. It just makes such a big difference for him to be there or not. So, I mean, do they have a, a way to handle him? Can Riley Reef hold up? Do they start the game with help for Riley Reef instead of waiting and seeing if they need to make that adjustment like they did against Max Crosby? Those are the questions that I have for this team and for this offense is it's going to impact the running game too, not just the passing game. And what kind of game plan will we see from, from the Bengals who have kind of put Joe Burrow back into a bit of a game manager role in the last few weeks, it's looked more like the first few weeks of the season than the gunslinging offense. So those two things, I think, go together to really make me wonder what's this, what's this offense going to look like this weekend? Well, I thought it looked like that against the Raiders, but not against the Browns. Um, but yeah, it, when you compare this strength for the, the Steelers, which is going to be their edge pressure, and, and not really just edge, their pressure, um, versus the Raiders last week. Yeah, I think it's similar. And you think back to week three, it wasn't like Joe Burrow threw for 300, 350. So if you're at least pregame putting together a blueprint, it probably is that. It's all about the game script. It's all about getting off to a fast start, avoiding turnovers, which they did for most of that game, even though Burrow did throw the one pick. And yeah, you're going to have to hit on an explosive play here or there. But if you can lean on Joe Mixon and you can lean on the defense – you feel pretty good about that. That being said, I don't think you're going to be able to just get away with it that simple. I think the the Steelers offense is playing better, not great, but better than what we saw. Having Deontay Johnson out there really changes what they can do, changes their ceiling because they can push the ball down the field confidently on both sides with Claypool on one side and Deontay Johnson on the other. So to me, the, the Bengals, they might have to open it up a bit more 
which means how do they find a way to get Jamar Chase going downfield? Because that that hasn't happened the past three weeks. He's averaging 9.4 yards per reception. And while the Steelers are going to want to try to take him away again at some point, you have to be able to hit on one of these downfield throws. So hopefully they, they can find the answer there to one, keep Burrow upright enough to have a couple big downfield throws, because that would be a game changer in a game like this. That could be this ugly AFC North grinded out style game. Yeah. And the other thing that's going to be an issue is Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers and the Bengals are on defense. It's contain Najee Harris, make Ben throw. And part of that containment is also like tackle Najee Harris when this Steelers offense becomes throw the ball to Najee Harris nonstop. And I know that, uh, you know, Deontay, Deontay Johnson is back. And so that will be a difference from the first time mm-hmm. these teams played, but, uh, I think that Ben still is bad and is washed and will give the Bengals opportunities to get the ball, have some takeaways and, and change the tide of the game. So there's a big wild card there, which is Ben Roethlisberger because he just hasn't been good this year. And I don't see any reason that that should change regardless of Deontay Johnson's presence. Uh, James, I know you talked to Chris about a lot of this stuff, a lot of what's going on in Pittsburgh and, a lot of this matchup and we'll get to the crossover coming up next. But first I got to tell you about stat hero because we all play fantasy football and a lot of us play daily fantasy and well, let's be honest. You don't play to lose. Well, if winning feels that good to you, you want to be in a position to win and you can do that with stat hero. It's the first of its kind. It's daily fantasy sports where you play the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. I love this because I'm a competitive person. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you can handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. It is that simple. So why? You're not going to have to face all these you know, thousands and thousands of experts that do daily fantasy and crunch the numbers like my guy Jake Lisko. No, no, you just got to beat the house. Who can't beat the house? You can beat the house right now. And sign up for free at stathero.com slash locked on. And again, use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. We're all about free money here on Locked On Bengals. I love it. <laughs> that free money max sign, right? Uh, all you got to do again, stathero.com slash locked on or go to stathero.com. Use the promo code locked on. Get a 100% match on your first deposit. Again, stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Let's keep things rolling on this Thanksgiving edition of, well, Bengals Steelers Week, a crossover that I know a lot of you look forward to. Chris Carter, James Erpine with you. And Chris, let's uh, let's dive into the Steelers because I know some, maybe even my broadcast partner, Jake Lisko, uh, buried Pittsburgh early in the year. And I am never going to make that mistake because I've been there, done that. I've seen it too much. I've, I've seen Big Ben and I don't care how slow or old he is or what his arm looks like. I'm just not going to bury him because again, I've seen him for the past decade and a half. Uh, they're right in the, the thick of things in this AFC, this weird clouded AFC. Where is you think that this fan base's confidence level right now and where the Steelers are and, and what they can do potentially moving forward this season. 
you know, you'd think after tying the Lions and losing to the Chargers in, in the way that they did, you'd think that the fan base is like done. But the fans are like all in right now. They're the, especially because they saw Ben throw three touchdowns and zero interceptions. He hasn't thrown an interception, I think, since he maybe played the Bengals. I think that was that might have been the last time he threw that or the Packers. I think it was the Packers. That was the last time he threw again. But again, that was like week four or five. Like it's it's been a while. Um, you know, and so the people are excited because they saw the Steelers put up. 37 points i believe it was last week against, against the chargers and granted some of that was the defense setting them up with some good turnovers but still like they hadn't put that put that up when their defense was getting good turnovers earlier this year um so there's excitement for that there's also excitement for the steelers getting back guys who are healthy the steelers have just been just rough shot with, with injuries tj watts missed several games somehow he's still up there in in you know among the league leaders and sacks um joe hayden's missed games Minka Fitzpatrick on the COVID list. Ben got off the COVID list right before the Chargers game. They're, they were been missing both of their guards at times. Um, you know, they still haven't gotten back their right tackle, who they were hoping to be their run blocker and run blocker on the edge. It, it's just been a myriad of, of just issues. And then, of course, their defensive line has just been decimated from Stephon Tua to Tyson Lulu to Carlos Davis. And it just it, the, the list goes on and on. But through all of that, they're still five, four, and one. Like they, you know, the people thought that you know, going into that Chargers game, I was like, there's no way that they win this game. They're too, they're too hurt up. They're too, they're, their things are too stacked up against them. They would need the wackiest things in the world to happen for this to win. And it almost happened with the wackiest things in the world with Cam Hayward with his head batting a ball in the air, and then and then a blocked punt um, from Miles Killebrew. Then both of those get get you points there in the fourth quarter. But there's confidence. There's people that they're confident. But this is again, this is what in the preseason preview when I talked about this, I was saying, hey, I'm not saying the Steelers are world beaters. All I'm telling y'all is that this division is going to be weird and wacky this year, and the Steelers are going to be right in the mix towards the end. So I mean, this this is this this when they were losing early, I was like, yeah, but they were missing T.J. Watt, they were missing Alex Highsmith, they were missing this guy and that guy. And I'm like, if this defense can get healthy. They're one of the best defensive groups in the NFL. The problem is health has been the problem. So it's going to be all about a lot about this Friday practice report we see in, a, in you know on Friday who's available, who's actually going to play in this game. If they get TJ Watt back, I think it does them wonders because when he plays, they they most of the time they win. Yeah, and I want to ask you about TJ Watt, but I'm going to talk about uh, or want to ask you about a guy who didn't play Week Three, who I think completely changes the offense, makes life so much easier on Ben Roethlisberger and Najee Harris for that uh, because I think back to week three and it was dump off city in Pittsburgh. It was I mean, it was Najee Harris, Najee. I, I, he must, he might've had 37 receptions to be honest with you. It, it really <laughs> felt like it was that many. Uh, and I think it was like 12 or 14 or something, it, but it was a it ridiculous was, number. It was 14. It was the third most in team history behind two Antonio Brown performances. Like, that's okay. Ridiculous. So, <laughs> and I'm a wide receiver guy. I like wide receivers. And I've said it for the past two years, and especially now that the drops have cleared up. Deontay Johnson, I think, is wide receiver one and has been wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. I, I love his game. I know the Bengals are very aware of him and the impact he could have this week versus – uh, week three when he wasn't uh, available due to injury. How different is this offense when Deontay Johnson is out there? It, 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 there's confidence from Ben Roethlisberger to throw some of the balls that he used to throw to, to Antonio Brown. Deontay Johnson was gotten. Remember, he was he was their third round pick, an early third round pick that they got uh, from their trade with uh, with with you know to get rid of Antonio Brown. Um, but he was the guy they got him to replace Antonio Brown. They said, "Hey, we're not saying he's going to be the best receiver in the league, but this guy's a ridiculous route runner." And like you said, in his first couple of years, hands were an issue. But I can tell you, all throughout training camp, when we saw him. When he would he would be the first one on Heinz Fields, you know, for training camp, and he would just 
practice this little run in place and the trainer would throw him a tennis ball and he have to catch the tennis ball. And, and like every, and he did that every single day and still at practice before and after he's first on last off. I'm going to work on my ability to catch the ball and run with it. And he's just turned into a star receiver for the Steelers. He is wide receiver one this year. I was a little skeptical because, you know, I saw him working on that. I'm like, okay, let's see if it translates. It's translated the touchdown catch that he had against the Chargers in the corner of the end zone was just phenomenal. Cause he's not just catching the ball with his hands. He's totally, tapping as well now so he got that knee in on that touchdown and he's made some plays like that this year so he's been phenomenal they got chase claypool back i, I think that they need to throw him more some more inside passes pat fryermuth has, has come along there's a chance that this passing offense could figure itself out. They started to in this last game. Ben Roethlisberger spoke Wednesday about, hey, we finally went no huddle in that game. And the offensive line picked up what I was calling, you know, mid-play. So that was the thing that we were scared of. And now we might actually use this again. So now there might be some confidence in the Steelers offense, whereas for most of the season, there just wasn't any, and rightfully so. Yeah, and I, I want to get to the defense. But last thing on the offense, you mentioned the offensive line. It's a young Young offensive line, especially mm -hmm. what we're used to seeing in Pittsburgh. How have they come along? How are they playing right now? There is, it's a mixed bag. Part of it's also because they're hurt. Kevin Dotson was playing very well at times for them, but then he had a, an ankle injury that's now put him on the temporary injured reserve. So they brought in J.C. Hostenauer. He had an injury that brought in Joel Haig. So now they're down to a, a, a left tackle bumping into left guard. Um, it's it's been a mixed bag of just of just injuries and bad things. Kendrick Green is really good as a center when he's mobile, but he still hasn't learned how to snap the ball. Because remember, he was a guard at Illinois. He still hasn't learned how to snap the ball and get his hands up and, and win battles at the line of scrimmage because he's getting shoved in the backfield. A lot of people are like, oh, he's not strong enough. I'm like, nah, he's plenty strong. It's just that he don't know how to use his hands yet as a center. He needs quicker hands and understand the, how that works. Um, I think Duke uh, Duke Manyweather, uh, the uh, you know one of the, you know one of the great trainers out there that that talks football all the time. He tweeted sure. about yeah. this um, this week and he said like, this kid's figuring it out. He just has to get it together, um, and in time he will. Uh, but you know this group has no problem being physical. They just have problems being coordinated. It can be a mixed bag. Um, but when it comes to protecting Ben Roethlisberger, they've done a much better job as the season has rolled along in doing that. And I think that's the biggest thing here. Now, can they get Najee Harris rolling? We'll see. Najee Harris talks a lot about like he, we we ask him about that that game with 14 catches, and he anytime you ask about his receptions, he's like, they don't plan to throw to me. It's just a checkdown. I just catch all the checkdowns. That's all I'm doing right yep. now. So I'm intrigued to see how that builds. But the offensive line better than it has been, but the injuries are a big question right now. Yep, and let's continue with injuries and talk about T.J. Watt. Uh, he was limited as we record this. It's it's Wednesday night. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. If you had to guess right now, and again, it's Wednesday night as I ask you this, do you expect him to play? Because if he does play, well, then it's a, a complete game changer. Deontay, Deontay Johnson's one thing, but having T.J. Watt on defense completely changes how the Bengals offense can operate. It really, it really does because he's just that much of a monster out on the edge, and he makes everyone else's job so much easier. It's harder to double team Cam Hayward when you got to double team or keep an eye on T.J. Watt. Um, I expect him to play. Uh, from from Mike Tomlin spoke very confidently when we asked him about the status of him. Make if it's Patrick coming off of the COVID nineteen list. Joe Hayden's injury though. Joe Hayden didn't practice Wednesday. I get the impression because he's older, they're gonna they're, they're letting him rest as long as he wants to. Uh, but T.J. Watt, him being limited is a sign for me that hey, that means he is going to be coming back this week um you never know though there's always odd turns some you know sometimes you re-aggravate an injury but uh mike tomlin's told us 
excuse me, on multiple occasions that TJ Watts, one of those guys that he cannot practice all week. And if he says I'm good to go Sunday, they'll put him in because they have confidence in him. They say he's, he's like an Aaron Donald when it comes to that, when it comes to that. So I, I look at this as a, as, as a situation where TJ Watts going to play. Yeah. And so if he plays, I look at that defense and I look at what the Bengals did week three. And again, you really can't compare week three because it was night. You know, it's really, it feels like ages and ages ago, especially yeah, with expectations yeah. of, both teams and Mm -hmm. and what we were expecting versus now, because I think the expectations for the Bengals have certainly risen since that game. Defensively, where are they playing well? Where are they not? Because I got to be honest with you. I see 41 against the Chargers. I see a team that roared back into me Mm -hmm. after all the weirdness that happened on Sunday night should have won against the the Chargers, but the defense couldn't hold up their end of the bargain at the end with the, the Mike Williams touchdown. Where are they strongest, weakest? How are they playing right now defensively? Well, again, it comes down to their injuries. I mean, you look yeah. at the guys who got beat you know, on that last touchdown of Mike Williams. Trey Norwood, the seventh-round rookie uh, safety, was in place for Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka. Um, and, and he had done a solid job most of the game. He just kind of leaned a little bit too much to the inside on one play, and Mike Williams took his head off. Um, you know, and I th- and that's where the Steelers hadn't had that much of a problem with Minka Fitzpatrick at. Um, uh, but you know, Steelers fans all year long, like, well, Minka doesn't have five picks this season, so you know, maybe he's he's not as good as we thought. And I'm like, no, the first game he's out, you give up 41 points. You see what he's doing for the rest of the defense. Um, <laughs> one thing that I pointed out on tape weeks ago was what the Steelers have been doing this year. Instead of just saying, hey, Minka, go out there and be X Factor guy and just fly around the field and make interceptions and play center field, they're having him double where they think that the, that they're weakest. Like against the Raiders, he helped take away Darren Waller. Of course, they got exposed for being for losing to Henry Ruggs. Uh, for the Bengals, they he he was not helping against Jamar Chase. I believe he was helping against Tyler Boyd, and that's why you know Jamar Chase started taking their heads off. I would I would I would gamble that if that if he can come off the COVID nineteen list in time for this game, his emphasis will be to help with Jamar Chase because he's been a big playmaker for the Bengals this year. So having him back out there, not just his ability to play, but his ability to communicate and keep the whole defense together, that does a lot of wonders. So you know again. Again, you look at this Steelers defense. It was really Cam Hayward and a bunch of other guys out there this last week. Uh, you know, they, you know, but you're, when you get a TJ Watt back, I think Alex Highsmith has come along well. Um, they need better production from Devin Bush. Um, you know, Cameron Sutton played well, but you know, when you when you look at the guys that prop up this defense, it's play, it's supreme playmakers like Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. And when both of those guys are out, it's a problem. So, what's going to be the key for this game? Can those guys get healthy and can they play at a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent level? If they do, I think it's a different defense than what than, than uh, what you what you saw sun, Sunday against the Chargers. Uh, but you know, with the Bengals with their explosive offense, it's going to be about limiting the big plays. Good stuff on the Steelers. Let's switch gears. And Chris is going to ask me about the Bengals next. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're going to get back to our interview with Chris Carter, part of our crossover Friday, crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Bengals, Locked on Steelers. But I got to tell you about Built Bar. And the reason it's the most wonderful time of the year, it's not just because you can get your hands on these, because you can get your hands on these 365 days a year. You hear about me talk about them all the time, but... It's that you're going to save even more money right now if you go to built.com. You can get 20% off of anything and everything right now at built.com. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKED20. It is that simple. 20% off, one-fifth, do the math, off of this one. Whether you want blueberry muffin, whether you want a little cookies and cream action, mint brownie, high protein, low sugar, low calories, perfect for you. Save money now. 
with all of their limited edition flavors. Plenty of awesomeness, whether it's lemon dip cheesecake puffs, ruby chocolate puffs, or again, the classic throwback Built Bar. You can get it all right now, 20% off using promo code LOCK20 at Built.com. If you're listening on Thanksgiving morning, you know there's football coming up later today. And if you're listening Friday, well, Bet Online still has you covered for all of your football betting needs. So get your fill of turkey and get your fill of betting at betonline.ag, who has you covered all holiday season. They've got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And they cover not just football, but basketball. If you're upset like me about the Cincinnati Bearcats, Arkansas outcome and the way that game finished, well, maybe you like the Bearcats the rest of the way because of how they hung in against two top 15 teams this week. Bet Online has you covered. And when you sign up today, we've got a promo code for you. 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. A 50% match on your first deposit with promo code locked on at betonline.ag. So whether it's pro or college hoops, the NFL, props, games, maybe it's even hockey, like the Canadians that I live with and they love their hockey. Check it all out at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. James, let's get to these Bengals questions now. Now, the Bengals have had a, you know, as, as rocky of a, as a weird and rocky of a road as the Steelers have had, the Bengals are right are right with them with just weird things that happened this year. You know, you come out proving proving that you're that, that, that you're a tough team. You I think you start what five and two to start the season. Everything's mm-hmm. lo- looking solid, but then you get a couple bad losses, the Jets. The Browns, but 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 by week hits and you're back against the Raiders. Now I picked the Bengals to beat the Raiders in the Locked On NFL podcast because even though you guys maybe wear stickers on my face for the Jets loss, thank you, thank you Bengals for losing that one. Um, but uh, but you know I look at this team and I see this is still a very young team that's developing its leadership. Where do you see the command of this team coming from? Like who who are the guys that garner everyone else around them? Because when I look at this Bengals team, my biggest question is. Who's the guy that puts the flag in the ground and says, follow me, guys. We're going to we're gonna be staying focused this week, and it'll keep uh, – instead of being up here one week and down here the next, you'll be right in the middle. It's it's funny you mention that because I think it's full of – their locker room's full of guys that make sure that they stay pretty stable and that they're not getting super high after 5-2 and two or super low after back-to-back losses. And really, when they went to Vegas and how they responded, to me, was a, a big testament – to that, and we'll see if they can keep it rolling this week. But you're right; it's been a lot of a lot of up and down and all around. They start one and zero against the Vikings, then they go to Chicago and lose to a team that they're better than yep. in the Bears. Then they bounce back and they beat the Steelers, a team that I thought they were going to lose to in Week Three. And it's just been this, you know, weird up and down season. But they look up and they're, you know, they're six and four. They're in certainly in the hunt for the playoffs, the fifth seed right now. And so to me, it starts with Burrow. Because, yeah, he'll get fired up here and there, but he's very, very even keeled. And, you know, if he doesn't play well, right, let's say he throws three picks on Sunday against the Steelers. You know what he's going to say? Well, I didn't play enough well enough for us to win. And when you do that in the NFL, you're going to get beat. And mm-hmm. so then he'll move on to the next game and they'll be motivated in, in to do that. And it isn't that simple, of course, but they have a nice mix of young guys like Burrow and Jamar Chase that stay pretty level-headed. And then veterans that have been there, done that, whether it's a Von Bell, whether it's a DJ Reader, uh, where they've played on playoff teams before and they know what it takes and they know there's going to be some lows. Mike Hilton is another one that certainly helped mm-hmm. them this season. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a unique blend of guys. And right now, 
even when the outside, including people on the Locked on Bengals podcast, I don't know who, Jake or me, <laughs> when they panic, you know, the, the Bengals aren't necessarily panicking. No, I, I I feel you, but that that's the important thing here is when you're trying to build this this young core, and yeah, you got veterans like Vaughn and Mike, but everyone knows Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mix, like these are the guys that you're really on. But speaking of those three guys, one thing that I've been really impressed with the Bengals, and Mike Tomlin talked about this in his Tuesday press conference, is how balanced the Bengals are on offense. Joe Mixon can rip your head off if you're not paying attention in the run game, yep. but also. Joe Burrow will rip your head off in the past game by hitting Jamar Chase, and he's and Jamar Chase isn't alone. You still got Tyler Boyd. You still got T. Higgins. Um, mm-hmm. You know this. This is this is a group that you have to pay attention on all sides. And the Steelers' defense again coming off their worst performance since 2013. Granted, again because of injuries, but still they're they're, they're well aware of what this what the Bengals can do. Where do you see the the balance leaning for this team moving forward? Do you think this team is going to be a team that leans more on Joe Mixon to close out some games, or is this a team that can just air it out on people, run up the scoreboard with uh, with with the, with the passing attack? I think they they want to air it out and, and run up the score, and that includes Mixon, right? Uh, but they know that there are going to be weeks, and this is something I think this coaching staff has shown this year in, in growth for sure. They know there are going to be weeks where they are not going to do that. Last week against the Raiders, why would you drop back 40 times with Yannick Ngakwe on one side, Max Crosby on the other, when you can avoid that? Uh, Week three against the Steelers is another one where Burrow, they knew they got the lead early and they knew that they didn't need Burrow to carry them, you know, and throw for Mm -hmm. 350. And so there are weeks like that. And so I, I think it's going to be a balance. And that doesn't mean that they can't have explosive plays on those weeks when they're uh, banking on Mixon to kind of deliver and, and carry them offensively. At the same time, they've shown they can win in a, a variety of ways. And this coaching staff has shown that they can pivot when needed. So looking ahead to Sunday, assuming TJ Watt is out there, you mentioned Alex Highsmith. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know what Cam Hayward can do. I look at this Bengals offensive line and I'm like, okay, well, if you can run, <laughs> running might be the best option. And, uh, you know, even, even in week three, Burrow took uh, some big hits there. I know that the Bengals didn't give up a sack and that sack streak was snapped and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. He still took some big hits early in that one. And that's when they pivoted. So would not be shocked at all if the Bengals, not conservative, because they're always going to take shots. You have too many weapons not to. Right. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if as this weather changes, it's going to be chilly probably at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday if they lean on number 28 a bit more. Yeah, especially with the Steelers, the giving up the run plays that they had. Now the Steelers, and, yeah. and it's odd when the Steelers focus on it with the with, even with their backups, they're like, look, look, like they they shut down Nick Chubb against the Browns a few weeks ago. But the week before that, they, they were they were letting Alex Collins and the Seahawks rip them apart. You know, like it's just it, it's an and then you you go to the you play the Lions and then their run offense picks you apart and it's just. The, that's where the interesting thing with the Steelers has been this year is figuring out what the what you know what they can emphasize on defense if they're ever limited uh, with their roster like they were against the Bengals when they were missing T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. All they had was Melvin Ingram, and they don't even have him anymore because he want he he wanted more play, playing time. But I'm really intrigued about this Bengals defense too because they stuffed the run pretty well. They have been, they've been able to make play, plays. You still got Jesse Bates back there making plays. What is what do you where do you see the trajectory for this defense? Are they going to be a uh, you know a, a turnover creator you know as, as they continue to build chemistry together? Because one thing that Mike Tomlin talked about is, is that is that when you look at this team at this defense, there's a lot of guys who haven't had to, who haven't missed a lot of games, and you see the chemistry start to come together on film. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the thing. Is there a, a the sum of all the parts is is greater than any individual, and even Jesse Bates. I would say he's probably underachieved 
up to this point so far this year. And yet you look up and this defense is a big reason why they're six and four. I was pretty down on them going into that Vegas game. And they responded. The Raiders were 0 for 6 on the first third down, That's six third down opportunities. The game was over when they finally converted a third down. And they had the, the two forced turnovers in, uh, late in the fourth quarter that really put the game away. And so, yeah, I think if you painted this picture of what this Bengals defense is going to be, well, they don't have any superstars. Like Jesse Bates is really good, and I think he's going to be really good the second half of the season. He's not mm-hmm. a superstar. Trey Hendrickson's a good pass rusher. He's not a superstar. And Logan Wilson got off to a really good start, but I, he's kind of tailed off a little bit from a, a productive uh, production standpoint, and I just don't I don't think he's going to be a superstar. And I'm not being insulting or insulting any of these guys, but what I am saying is when the game is on the line, one of them is going to have to make a play. It right. might not be that same guy every time, but it's going to have to be Bates one week and Hendrickson another, and then it's going to be Wilson. And, and so who will it be this week? It was Hendrickson and Hubbard last week that, that really put the game away, uh, along with Eli Apple. So a bunch of unsung, you know, Eli Apple, no one would bank on him, but he had a huge interception. So that's the part of it. I think this defense, they're solid everywhere. They're not necessarily great everywhere. They don't get enough heat on opposing quarterbacks, in my opinion, outside of Trey Hendrickson. They don't have a pure edge rusher that's going to give you what you need. They don't have, you know, an Alex Highsmith, so to speak, to complement their their version of TJ Watt. And I'm not saying Hendrickson is TJ Watt. But you're you're fine. Fans. I know I know but, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So so in, in Hubbard's fine, you know, take him for, for what he is. And he's on pace to have a career high in sacks. But I just don't think he gets the amount of pressures that you want. So th- this defense, I think they're good. They're not great. And if they want to be great when it's all said and done, it, it probably will be that path you mentioned where there's a bunch of turnovers involved. Last question here, because Steelers fans have uh, you know always asked me to ask stuff about Mike Hilton. How has he mm-hmm. fit in, not just as a player, but in the locker room? As you've seen the season go along, I've always loved talking to Mike Hilton. He's very insightful. He thinks about what he says, and he wants to be a leader. He's always the guy that's, that's, that's fighting for his team. How has he fit into what the Bengals have asked him? And then how has he fit in also as like the, a veteran in the locker room to keep to to galvanize guys? I think he's been great in the locker room. An absolute gem, joy, whatever you want to say that, that instantly gives this team uh, in this defense another veteran to lean on, especially when times get tough. You know, who's been there, who's been into the playoffs, who's been through the AFC North wars that they're about to you know, embark on again on Sunday. And, and some of these guys have only played the Steelers once or have only gone through the AFC North once. Well, Hilton's done it time and time and time again. So he knows uh, what's coming. So let's start there. Now, as far as a player goes, I think he, much like Bates, would probably say, yeah, the production hasn't been what he wants it to be. And that being said, I thought he was great last week against Hunter Renfro. Maybe his best game as a Bengal. To me, his best game as a Bengal made a couple of big tackles. Hunter Renfro, I think, is an underrated slot receiver in this game. And he had uh, in the NFL, he had five receptions for 30 yards, and a couple of those were in garbage time where the, the game was over. So, yeah, I, I think Hilton gives them a lot. But where you want to see him, and maybe it starts this Sunday, is as a blitzer, make a huge impact, sack, mm-hmm. fumble, strip, mm-hmm. tackles for loss, all things that he's really, really good at that we've seen some of. But I, I think he, he knows it. He senses it. He's going to have to. Uh, have a lot more of that over the next seven weeks if the Bengals are going to make a playoff run. 
It's, it was a re, it was a big reason why he was so loved in Pittsburgh because that guy, you know, he's small as he's small as all get out, but he is so instinctual. He knows when you're snapping the ball, he gets after you all the time, and he's not afraid to hit anybody. I saw this man light up Travis Kelsey once, and I'm like, how? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. That's gonna do it for today's show. We will be back on Sunday evening. Win, lose, draw. It's Steelers week, and well, hopefully we got Jake wooing at the end of it. But gotta tell you. We are thankful for you. So hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving or are currently having a wonderful Thanksgiving with family, friends, and a lot of great food, including Built Bar. So for Jake Lisko and Chris Carter, I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast.